Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Boiler Upload Podcast, brought to you as always by Reindeer Shuttle, because driving to the airport sucks. And Kyle, you've got a family of four now. You take a reindeer shuttle to the airport when you fly with them to Disneyland, if you're, t- you're taking them to Disneyland? The, the year is 2025 when that is supposed to be happening, and absolutely. <laughs> well, the nice thing is, you living in Lafayette, you have your choice if you want to ride reindeer shuttle to Indianapolis International Airport or O'Hare. So they'll take you, they'll take you even with kids. You're a brave man taking two kids under four to Disneyland in 2025. <laughs> it, w- it would be quite the adventure. Absolutely. <laughs> we also want to mention our other sponsor, Homefield Apparel. They just dropped a brand new Purdue collection that is fantastic. I see you've got your Homefield Apparel shirt on, don't you? This is, uh, this is a throwback, baby. I mean, this is from a few years ago now. The old uh, Purdue Pete catching the uh, catching the football over by the by the the clock tower and the engineering fountain. Um, Pete, make sure you don't walk under it. That's an extra year, as everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you go to Homefield Apparel right now, use code Boiler Upload for your first purchase, and you'll get a nice little discount there. Uh, if you have purchased with them before, just go through our link. We have been tweeting it, posting it, Instagramming it, sending up smoke signals. Morse code. I I specifically learned Morse code to send out this deal. So uh, with all the bills paid now out of the way, let's talk about some Purdue football. And I know usually we talk about recruiting on this thing over the summer, but we're about what, six weeks from kickoff. I think we can start looking at a preview. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Recruiting slowed uh, way, way down after the flurry of June uh, commits and early July commits, and I think it's been maybe a week or more since we've had one. And uh, the season is quickly approaching. Uh, not only college football, but my high school football team too. <laughs> well, you guys start even earlier. What's your first game? The 18th uh, of think, August. Uh, that, sound, that might be the. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, absolutely, it is right. Cause yeah, cause my birthday's on the 21st, and it's always right around that time. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the largest question probably for the offense is uh, how's the offensive line looking, especially at tackle? I mean, that seems to be my largest area of concern, and uh, things can go south real quickly if that uh, if we don't find an answer there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's a, I mean, we have a bona fide offensive lineman on this roster that will probably be an NFL football player one time, at some point, excuse me, and Marcus Mbau. Um, he played guard a lot last year, but I think he can slide out and probably play tackle. Uh, right tackle in particular because he's he's more of a road grader and a run blocker than a pass blocker in my opinion and then at left tackle you have um, Maha Main Musa uh, who started uh, plenty last year he and he and Mbao as redshirt freshman last year uh, got all the experience you absolutely needed uh, to make kind of a a leap Um, and then from there you have a six-year Daniel Johnson that transferred to Purdue last year from Kent State uh, he was a little banged up last year. He played early on, uh, but he uh, he kind of got shelved in the middle of the season, and he he could be there. And maybe he's good enough to play tackle while Mbao plays guard because I think Mbao is an NFL uh, offensive guard, um, not not truly a tackle, but maybe Johnson can play there and, and, and Mbao can play guard. But it, it, like you said, it gets thin pretty, pretty quick, and there's some young guys uh, on the team. Vince Carpenter comes to mind. Uh, he's a six foot five, two hundred ninety pound redshirt freshman out of uh, New Jersey. He might be able to help there. Um, and then 
after that, you know, uh, it, it gets pretty thin. Maybe Andre Oban can play some offensive tackle, 6'5", 290 out of New Jersey again. Um, we're supposed to be having a Colorado kid on the roster, uh, Austin Johnson. Um, he's supposed to be heading over. He had to graduate first because you can only take players in the portal that are grad transfers at this point. Sweet. And uh, I, I know Oban is an interesting one because he is the son of Roman Oban, a uh, guy who won a Super Bowl and uh, spent 12 years in the NFL. So he's at least got the pedigree, it seems, to be a contributor. And he's coming out of a redshirt year, too, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He obviously has the pedigree. He's been around football his entire life. I'm sure there's images of him on the football field with his dad in the NFL or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, the tackle positions wildly young outside of Daniel Johnson right now, even with if you start two red shirt sophomores on the outside. I mean, that doesn't put a lot of people at ease by any means. Um, it, it, it'll be an interesting position that like in the air raid offense, these guys don't have to be like complete ass kickers, but they just have to be, um, you know, good enough. And, and, and Musa and Inbao are more than capable of being good enough. Right, and you still want some depth, though, just in case. And I do like that this is Johnson's second year in the program. He had a couple of starts last year, and so that's that. You can never have too many quality depth guys like that, either. No, and especially a guy like Johnson that's played. This is a six-year of college football. I mean, uh, so yeah. I, 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 he'll be collecting a retirement here before too long. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean. Just having a guy like that that's been, you know, that's that's played in competitive games at Kent State and then at Purdue for a couple games last year will will obviously benefit the young guys and benefit depth as well. Now, how about in the middle? Uh, I know there's been some question on uh, Gus Hartwig. He's kind of got the uh, center position knocked down, but I know he was banged up a good portion of last year too. Yeah, he got hurt. You know, he got hurt late. I think it was a Northwestern game, and he tore his ACL and I think his MCL as well. And Josh Kaltenberger came in. And did a pretty good job. I don't think Hartwig's going to be ready for the season opener, personally. Um, I think it's probably game two or game three. And I and I also don't expect, and it's kind of funny, you know, Josh Kaltenberger came in and did a pretty good job. Um, I don't think he'll be the guy that replaces Gus Hartwig for those first few games. Um, I think it'll be uh, Jalen Grant. Uh, he is a transfer um, as well. He is coming over. Um, sorry, I'm trying to pull him up here. He's a, he's a, he's a fifth year guy and he's played interior offensive line for a couple of other colleges. Um, I think Jalen Grant's probably the one that'll replace uh, Hartwig early on in the season um, at, at center. Sorry, my gigantic Bernie's mountain dog just came and like jumped on me. Jalen's coming from uh, Bowling Green uh, where he started, I want to say 36 games uh, while he was there, 34 games. And and he played. He's played center. He's played guard, left guard, and right guard. So he has all the experience in the world. And if Embau does have to slide out to tackle, and Jalen Grant's not starting at center, I would expect Jalen to probably be one of the starting guards. In all honesty. Yeah, and uh, I know that that seems to be where things are set. Like you said, with Embau and Musa. I mean, maybe we can just clone them. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you would like to, uh, Mahame Musa is, you know, six, four, six, five, 300 pounds. And then Marcus Inbao might be the most impressive looking guy on the team. He's six, six, 305 pounds. I mean, that, that is a prototypical NFL looking offensive lineman, six, six, 300 to 320 pounds. And I mean, and Inbao is like, he's like a freaky athlete too. Uh, like the ability to just get to get up to linebackers into the second level when he was playing guard last year for Jeff Brom. 
uh, was impressive. And I know like a lot of people probably don't ever look at offensive line play. They just expect it to be good. Uh, but it's like one of the things that I always watch when I'm watching football, because if your offensive line, your defensive line are good, generally you're going to be okay. And you're going to win a lot of football games and you can pretty much tell early on in the game, if you're going to get your ass kicked in the trenches or not. <laughs> and, and there's are a couple of six year transfers in too. You got Preston Nichols who uh, comes in from UNLV played most of his career uh, at Charleston <laughs> Southern and fortunately as a tackle. And then, Ben Farrell, who uh, was a longtime starter at Indiana Wesleyan. Obviously, Indiana Wesleyan, a long way away from the Big Ten. But uh, again, you're looking for depth guys, especially as thin as uh, Purdue is this year. And even if these are six-year guys that can uh, just provide some minutes off the bench, then they're still valuable. Yeah, uh, Preston Nichols, he's he's a little undersized for the tackle spot. He's only 6'2", like 290 pounds, you know. Usually when you think of like a Big Ten offensive tackle, you're thinking 6'4 to like 6'7. Um, but that's not the case with Nichols. He started 36 games, and most of them have been at offensive tackle uh, for Charleston Southern, I think is who it was. Um, and then again, he went to UNLV and started, I think, 12 games last year. He started 36 games in his career. I just did the countdown post the other day. It's not like I have these memorized. Um <laughs> Well, you're, our, you're our coaching and recruiting and yeah. not recruiting, but X is an O's analyst here. Yeah, I mean, so he, I mean, he started, he started quite a few games. The Ben Farrell guy, I don't know, I don't know anything about the guy. I think he's going to play some offensive like tackle. In all honesty, he's six four, three hundred pounds. I know there are some guys on our board saying that he was getting like looked at to maybe be like on a like a rookie practice squad from IWU. And, and there have been guys that have gone from the NIA level um, from Marion and, and Indiana Wesleyan in years past and made like practice squads and things like that. Uh, Marion just had a tight end a couple of years ago um, from old Flora, Indiana, Carroll County Cougars, baby. The one year that I okay. um, he, 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 he went there, um, but it happens, you know, and I'm not saying that this guy can't play football. Obviously the coaches, saw something in them. They gave him a scholarship and they gave it to him pretty early when they had some open scholarships. So who is your starting five against Florida state that, <laughs> or Florida state? Fresno state uh, got wrong FSU. Oh, that, that is a loaded question. I'm going to go uh, left tackle Maha main Musa. Um, I'm going to go right tackle Marcus and bow. Um, I'm going to say Gus Hartwig is not ready yet. And that we'll see Jalen Grant. Um, at center um, and then at right guard I think we can t <laughs> this is when it gets dicey it's literally like playing Tetris it's like putting a puzzle together um, mm. and, and at right guard um, we also we didn't we didn't bring up Luke Griffin from transfer from Missouri 6'5 330 pounds maybe he gets a run there um, at right guard maybe Ben Farrell can play, slide in and play some guard as well um, you know, there's just there's just pieces that you have to put together. And, and Josh Kaltenberger is absolutely could probably play guard. If Grant is at center, I'm going to say Kaltenberger is going to be at guard, and I'm going to say I'm going to lock in Preston Nichols at right guard next to Marcus Embal. All right. And I know and, Nichols has played a lot of games at tackle, but you don't get away being six and I and I'm not like a tall human being. I'm six foot tall. So at six two, two 280 pounds, you don't really get away with that in the big 10. It might work. Maybe not, at right tackle, but not left. <laughs> maybe at right tackle, but that's a dicey proposition. So I'm going to say Moose at left tackle, inbound right tackle, 
Jalen Grant center. I'll say Preston Nichols at one of the guard spots and Jalen, uh, Josh Kaltenberger at the other guard spot. All right. Well, you heard it here. We've solved the biggest problem on the offense. Uh, I think we can start buying tickets for the playoff now. Uh, <laughs> guaranteed 12 and 0 season going to roll through the big 10 title game. Uh, <laughs> So, so this does not become all offensive line talk. We still have lots of uh, other spots to look at it uh, deep or on the offense end. Uh, really, Hudson Card, unquestioned starter at quarterback. Who's he going to be throwing to? Uh, we have TJ Sheffield as kind of the most experienced guy on the roster, but after losing Charlie Jones, after years of David Bell and Rondale Moore, there's not really a uh, guaranteed, yeah, this is the guy this year. So who, who steps up at receiver? Yeah, and you know, and the beautiful thing, while like having a guy in the air raid system, you don't have to have a guy in the air raid system that's going to go 120 catches for 1,500 yards and, you know, 20 touchdowns, like 15 to 20 touchdowns. Like you don't – it'd be great to have that. Obviously, everybody wants a mismatch nightmare for somebody, but I don't know if we have that – on the team or on the roster right now. And may, and you know, maybe someone will rise to the occasion. Um, I really like TJ Sheffield. Like you said, um, I really like um, Dion Burks as well. He, uh, I like both of those guys kind of playing the slot positions. Um, someone I think that's often forgotten about um, is Elijah Canyon. He, he transferred here last year from Auburn. He started the first game of the season and then got hurt and was out the rest of the season. I mean, he's six foot four, 220 pounds. Okay, he, he's a big body on the outside. These air raid coaches love big bodies on the outside. That's what we've been recruiting for 2024. Um, and then on the other side of him, I really like Jamal Adreen. He transferred here from FAU this year, 6'3", 210 pounds, caught, has caught about uh, – he's a redshirt sophomore. He's caught about 40 passes, I think, last year, and he was right over 500 yards receiving. So he has some experience down at FAU. Um, obviously, he, he came to West Lafayette last year as a redshirt freshman and played a little bit. Um, so I, I like those four guys, uh, Sheffield, Burks, Canyon, and Jamal Adrien. But there's, I mean, there's plenty of options. Like I, I told you this, and and I talked about this to you guys in the winter. People were like freaking out about our receiving core, and I'm like, I, I see a lot of really solid football players in our receiving core. Um, and that's not even like mentioning, <coughs> excuse me, uh, promising young guys like Zion Steptoe or fifth year senior Mershon Rice, who's just been banged up his whole career. Um, you know, Curtis DeVille Jr., 6'2", redshirt freshman. I really like his game, too. And then you have uh, redshirt junior uh, Abdurrahman Yassin. Uh, I, we have plenty of bodies available. A lot of these older guys have fought injuries for three, two, three years um, and are kind of forgotten about. Um, and I'm looking forward to them staying healthy because we might not have somebody that's an absolute star. But I think we have 10 guys, like 8 to 10 guys that can actually play. Yeah, Mershon had, uh, I mean, he managed to get in all 14 games last year. 23 catches, 283 yards. He had a touchdown. I believe the touchdown was at Maryland and ended up being a pretty big one in a close game. So uh, I kind of like to see him come, you know, come together. And then I know Yassine, he, uh, I think it was two years ago, he had a couple big catches against Illinois. So he's shown some flashes and everything. So like you said, those guys are two former four-star recruits. They battled injuries, but at least they've got some experience. Well, not only that is like, I think our walk-on wide receivers are really good too. We have two of them uh, on roster. Uh, Andrew Sawinski, he played quite a bit last year. Uh, a six foot, 195 pound walk-on from Indianapolis. And then there's another kid named Trey Firestone from Zionsville. And you oh, talked yeah. 
uh, Trey Firestone, we played Zionsville two years ago in the sectional. We were up 14 to zero and that guy single-handedly with their other star running back. Uh, I, he's, he's impressive. We have two really good walk-on wide receivers and we have a lot of young talent and some older guys have just kind of had a bad injury bug luck. And I think that they can get healthy and play a lot this year. I covered Firestone quite a bit in working for Zionsville and you're right. He, he definitely has some talent. Uh, he played against a pretty solid competition there in the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. I mean, he's going out, he's playing against Avon, he's playing against Hamilton Southeastern, against Fishers, against Brownsburg. He should, he held his own in those games. So uh, I think he could be a guy that if he doesn't contribute this year, he can contribute down the road. And according to his bio, he got to play against LSU, but I mean, let's face it, everybody got to play against LSU. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Trey is, I mean, he's 6'2", 190 pounds. And he's, I mean, I, like you said, he's legit in my opinion. I think he's one of the better walk-ons we've had in recent in recent past. I think he had some D2 um, offers. Um, I think UND offered him and some other smaller schools like that. Um, but it, I, 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 receiver doesn't bug me. It doesn't bug me that we don't have just one guy we know that, Aiden O'Connell is going to target 25 times in the Iowa game and piss everybody off. Okay. <laughs> you know, we don't have that one guy, but we got a lot of guys that can, I, I think, hold their own and kind of build them, build a niche for themselves. Also, uh, Paul Paferi at tight end and uh, Miller coming back. Is it Garrett Miller coming yeah, back? Yeah, at, Garrett, uh, Garrett Miller. Yeah. I mean, both of them, they're not paying Durham. Durham obviously had a very, very good year last year. But uh, Paferi and Miller have had some moments, and I think they'll be pretty solid at tight end too. Yeah, Garrett Miller is a absolute freak. The guy's like 6'5", 250 pounds. He can catch the ball. If you're – he and Payne Durham were almost supposed to be like thunder and lightning. Like Miller is a, is a bruiser. He is a blocker, but he can – catch the ball just as well in my opinion uh, as Paferi can and who you probably see more as a pass catching guy on the roster uh, Miller's coming back from that ACL um, and I think he's going to have a huge huge role in the offense people they, they like to look at the air raid offense they go oh nobody uses tight ends in the air raid offense just because Mike Leach did it forever uh, <laughs> Graham, Graham Harrell has used a, a tight end in 80% of his sets at USC at West Virginia. So expect like this to be a, 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 an offense littered with tight end usage. If you have a good tight end, it's the ultimate mismatch. Like that uh, I got, you either have a smaller safety on them or you have a slower linebacker. So right. if you got a good tight end, uh, you better use them. And I think we have one very good one. And we have Paul Paferi, who's also very good. Absolutely. And uh, we do have a surprise guest here to the podcast, 19 minutes in. Uh, Casey Bartley has shown up to join us because he got stuck in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I might drop in as always. West Lafayette is full of construction. <laughs> well, we have been talking football and uh, we just went through the receiving group. Uh, finally, got to look at the running back situation. Obviously, you've got Devin Mockaby coming off a Purdue freshman record. And uh, there's actually a little bit of depth behind him, too, with Tyrone Tracy and uh, Dylan Downing, who have been solid, at least, and had some moments in their careers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Devin Mockaby, obviously, damn near broke 1,000 yards last year. He broke the Purdue single season, I think, freshman rushing record. 
Uh, Downing has plenty of experience now to be his backup. And Tyrone Tracy's kind of the uh, uh, the wild card, I guess you'd say. Played a lot of slot receiver um, and, and at Iowa and even last year for Purdue and made the position <coughs> excuse me position change this offseason. Yeah, because I know he was playing, like you said, receiver last year. And I, he was one of those players that uh, Coach Brom often talked up as, oh, we're going to use him this way, we're going to use him that way. And it just never seemed to pan out. Am I right? Yeah, I think he got lost a little bit with Charlie Jones exploding into what he turned out to be. Because um, I think Tyrone Tracy uh, had a little bit more hype around him transferring to Purdue than what Charlie Jones did. Charlie Jones transferred in late, and everybody's like, oh, awesome, we got a great punt returner and kick returner. And he turned out to be an All-American. So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> And then probably final question for the offense here. Obviously, Hudson Carr going to be the starting quarterback, uh, but you want to at least have somebody as a backup. Who enters the season as the uh, primary number two in case something goes wrong with Card? Uh, yeah. For also, just everything that I've talked to, like I've talked to other high school coaches around the state uh, that get invited to practices and things like that, uh, and everything that I've heard is Hudson Card can absolutely spin, spin the damn ball. Okay, I mean, like, he can throw it wherever he wants, all over the field. He puts people in the right position. And so, like, we – I personally think we got a great, great transfer quarterback. Uh, to back him up is a little bit of a question mark, as as you just stated. Uh, Kyle Adams, the local guy from West Lafayette, um, junior, senior high school, he went to James Madison for uh, a couple years. <clears throat> he he probably has the most experience, but I'm really interested in this Bennett Meredith kid that transferred from Arizona State. Um, he played for uh, Hoover High School in Hoover, Alabama. If you ever watched the, the TV show from, I think, the mid-2000s, uh, Friday Night Lights. I, no, it wasn't Friday Night Lights. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, it was the MTV one. Though. Yeah. Did you just try to say Friday Night Lights was from Alabama? No, not Friday Night Lights. Oh, what gonna was get, it? You are going to get some hate now. That's fine. <laughs> Texas loves me now because I promote all their high school prospects. That's the rumor anyway. Uh, Bennett Meredith, though, I think will be a, a solid backup. I think that Ryan Brown and Jake Wilson both hopefully can redshirt. Um, I hopefully we don't have to get that far down on the depth chart. Um, but I think Bennett Meredith and Kyle Adams are probably your, your two backups, um, with Bennett Meredith being the immediate backup. All right, and then we always have the one with the most experience on the roster from last year. Uh, Abdul Rahman Yassin completed one pass for 26 yards in the bowl game, so he is the most <laughs> experienced quarterback on the roster behind cards, so maybe he'll get a look too. That is the emergency uh, quarterback, apparently. <laughs> I'm Googling this. Two-a-days. Two-a-days, yes. That's what it was. Yes, because they wanted to do a basketball show of it at like like Newcastle High School, and, and I I think two a days is they had the uh, the high school football coach Rush Probst or whatever that has been like had like a secret marriage behind closed doors and had a whole second family that lived like two hours away. That was wild, and then he just keeps getting hired all over. It's insane. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> two a days, not Friday Night Lights, Casey. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not from Texas. I'm just worried about you in <clears throat> Texas. We don't go to Texas that often. I mean, geez. Not since the heart of Dallas Bowl. 
We didn't go to Texas for the Heart of Dallas Bowl, looks like. <laughs> so, once again, welcome to the podcast, Casey. Uh, how is are things looking over in uh, basketball land since uh, summer practice is still in full swing? Yeah, we got a couple weeks until the what are what are they calling it? Little little exhibition fun, whatever it is, which will be the tenth and final practice before Purdue heads off to Europe. Um, so we've heard a lot of good things about Camden Heidi. Yeah, uh, I will hold a little judgment until I get to see him in action. Action, I it's very easy to look comfortable against your own team and your own players. So what you do then doesn't necessarily hold weight, but like I've said, I've been high on him from the start. Kid can shoot, can drive, uh, should be a nice little boost to produce wing depth for sure. And that's really the biggest question that we've, I mean, we can belabor the point all we want, but like you said, wing depth, that's the biggest thing that Purdue needs right now. Yeah, um, it was definitely lacking in the tournament. Just people that were dynamic with the ball, getting to the hoop, uh, taking advantage of all the space around Edie. Um, You know, we haven't got to go to practice yet this week, but it'll be interesting to see because they had a lot of Edie and TKR, it looked like, from videos on the same team playing together. Um, Pretty sure that is one of Matt Painter's biggest priorities for this summer getting TKR a little more adjusted to playing the four next to Edie. Um, Purdue wants to have dynamic players at every position. They want Mm -hmm. points. They want an offense that gets better as the season goes along. I think one thing you can kind of point to is, you know, Purdue's jumped out to two really good starts. Like Painter's done a good job implementing his system, getting it into his guys early. It's just as the season goes, they either wear down or other teams scout it a little better and find things to poke at. I would argue personnel more than like schemes or play sets or anything like that. So it will be interesting to see if the additions of Lance Jones, Camden Heidi, and Miles Colvin is enough of a boost that Purdue does have eight, nine, ten guys that can really counteract and evolve throughout the season on the offensive end. Because I know that in the past, Coach Painter has very much just kind of relied on about the seven, eight man rotation, usually eight, sometimes nine. Uh, but I feel like this year he may have the most flexibility he has just for game by game matchups. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, he had a deep team last year. It's just there wasn't a whole bunch of guard depth and a little bit of playmaking went away when Ethan Morton started to play a little worse towards the end of the season, couldn't make shots. And the team as a whole just couldn't make shots. They were, they were plenty deep last year, just bodies. You're not going to find many top programs going nine, 10 players deep. Cause by the time the games matter, there's only so many minutes you're going to play eight, maybe nine, but there's definitely a versatility to this team. And there's some options on the roster that can be definitely mined to grind through a full season well it's uh it is still at least exciting and uh you can't ask to be in a much better place going into the season that's for sure i mean you could be coming off not a first round loss Uh, probably would be better but no Edie came back uh trey kaufman ran 
Caleb first, Mason Gillis all returned. Ethan Morton returned. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be a lot of choices. Um, We've said this a few times, but Peyton will get to see his guys. He'll get to see him interact. They'll get more game experience than you would expect. Um, I think the big thing with Heidi and Morton, they are hopefully going to play well enough that allows Miles Colvin to not get overrun, especially early in the season, because you definitely have to worry about true freshmen and their bodies. It's all with Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith who had to play a lot of minutes last year. And even though it's a little overstated because, you know, Braden Smith, yes, he had his worst game in the NCAA tournament. He also had maybe his best three-game stretch in the Big Ten tournament. So you can't tell me that that one extra game broke down his body. But, you know, Fletcher Lawyer, calf injury towards the end of the season wasn't really the same, couldn't get healthy for the last month. And to have other options, especially at the guard position and on the wings, is definitely a luxury that could allow you a little more rest, a little healthier getting into March. It'll be interesting to see if Painter does have some kind of tweaks to his roster and the way he manages them and tries to get them ready to peak at the end of the season and not, you know, early in November. Right. I mean, a lot of people don't realize Purdue has not lost a non-conference game in nearly two years. <laughs> non-conference regular season game, I should say. Yeah. And I, if Matt Painter has time and like getting his guys on the system, it's going to be easier than ever. He's only got one new guy and one true freshman to really teach the system. So he should have a lot of time to get into a lot of deep stuff that he didn't get a touch on last year. Um, there were a lot of freshmen last year that had to play and had to learn quick. So I'm definitely, it'll be interesting to see. I, I expect Purdue to once again, jump out and look like one of the best teams in the country to start. Edie will be there and it'll be interesting to see cause they're, they're going to get early tests. Um, Hawaii obviously is there Maui invitational It'll be interesting to see if, once again, at the start of the season, Purdue is kind of head and shoulders above those other programs. And then, you know, the more telling thing will be, can that actually carry into the Big Ten, where play first started to slip for Purdue, and then even further towards the tournament. All right. Uh, final question before we have a, uh, a surprise giveaway here. Does Edie pass Rick Mount on the scoring list this year? He said he needed like 790 points and he had what, 730 last year? Yeah, he had 730. He had enough that if Purdue had made the run, uh, the run that they were expecting to make in the tournament, uh, he probably would have passed that same number that he needs this year. So he will break it, Travis, and you can go back and listen to this. Mark it down. It's uh, July 17th. He is going to break it within the first three minutes of the first Final Four game. Oh, well, oh, I don't think he will score as much per game. I think it'll be, well, I think it'll be pretty roughly the same. Um, But again, I've, I've talked about, I think they're going to try to use Edie a little more than just straight at the basket consistently. I think they're going to try to invert the court a little more, use him off ball as screener and then go to him, you know, because obviously he's still the best offensive weapon in basketball so it'll still be around 20 some a game yeah he he was at 22 roughly a game he had 757 in 34 games last year he missed one of the random non-conference games uh he needs 790 to catch mount so 
He'll do it. If, yeah, I mean, you're looking at even if Purdue doesn't lose to Fairleigh Dickinson, he gets one more game at 22. You know, he then he would probably have needed like 770-ish, and he would have scored 775 or whatever last year. So, yeah, he's got a real shot, I think. All righty. Well, uh, we do have a giveaway, Casey, don't we? Uh, how, how do you want to handle this? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we talked about, look, there's no like fair way to do this in the terms of uh, it's only one one shirt. But I, I think we need to dedicate uh, timeliness, how voraciously people listen to the podcast. So the first person to leave a post in the forum so in the depot so this does mean need to be this is for subscribers mm-hmm. uh what, what are we thinking uh go ahead and post a title with mm, your favorite quote from the office i don't watch the office kyle Oh my god! I don't. I don't care about the office. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and post uh, what you think the basketball uh, record will be, and then in the in the body, just say this is for a shirt. This is for a shirt, and that is a shirt from our uh, sponsors. Home Home Field. Field. Yes, so it will be a good stuff. Not to be confused with Holderfield. Yeah, Holderfield Apparel is, I mean, they're just going to pass Nike before long, man. Yeah, good. do that. We'll get a hold of you and uh, figure out which shirt. They did just drop a whole new line of Purdue gear, um, hence why we're giving this away. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Kyle, I think you ordered one, didn't you? Uh, I actually ordered the Rose Bowl. Um, I Ah. love the Rose Bowl one from their last drop. But if I were to order one this time around, which I still might just my birthday's coming up. So maybe my mom will buy me something nice, you know, so I don't know. My wife definitely won't. Um, Maybe a, (laughs) I I really love the train dunking. And I think there's a peach bowl one on there too. If I remember, was that peach? That's actually what, um, (laughs) that's what the message should be. Say happy birthday, Kyle. Yes. Happy in the message for Kyle. I want a birthday gift. Yeah. Um, August 21st um, is right around the That's corner. That's not even I, close, dude. It is over a, a full month, month away. A, I'll be 31. How old are you? You can't You can't a month away be like, I'm almost turning something. I'm almost there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when, when, when you got, when you have two under two, man, a month seems like a week. <laughs> And when you're when you're potty training the two year old, a week seems like three days. That's, the goal is to get done gross. with all that. The the whole yeah, dude. Okay, that we'll save this for <laughs> for uh, boiler upload after dark, which is yeah. Not this is turned into this is turned into uh, parenting one hundred and one. But uh, we're trying to give away a shirt. We're trying to give away a shirt, and yes, yeah, so happy birthday Carol. to Kyle. Yeah, a month early. <laughs> But uh, month of four days. But yeah, home field apparel. If you want to go there, go use code Boiler Upload. Uh, if it's your first order, you'll get a discount. Uh, if it's not your first order, thank you for coming back. Just make sure you go through one of our links. We've got them all over the place. Uh, but any final thoughts, gentlemen? We'll start with you, Kyle. 
Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we got into a discussion on the depot, I think, with about our uh, 2023 record for football. Um, I think you hammer the over five and a half at plus 120. DraftKings. Ooh. Uh, I, I love that at plus 120. If it was minus 110, I would stay away. I, I don't want the minus odds. You give me the plus odds, I'm all in. Also, I agree with Casey. Um, I think that Zach Eady does break the scoring record. Uh, I do not agree about it being in the final four. <laughs> Elite eight. <laughs> well, let's see. The Elite eight would be, depending on how many Big Ten tournament games we got, uh, that would be about the 36th, 37th, 38th game of the year. Yeah. So. Or he scores 770 points in the first game of the season. That might be a record. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Casey, you have any final thoughts before we go? I bet. If you try to use Boiler Upload um, for home field and you've already used them, if you use a new email address, you can. Oh, there's the life the hack. Code. Don't tag home field. <laughs> <laughs> like they're going to listen. They're too, busy, they're too busy selling all their new Oregon merchandise. Hey, Oregon? I, yeah, Oregon's got a really good one because they, they not only have Purdue stuff, they've got all kinds of other uh, stuff, licensed schools and everything else. They have the Colorado School of Mines for crying out loud. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you very much for joining us uh, today, wherever you are and whenever you are listening. So for Kyle and for Casey, this is Travis Miller of Boiler Upload saying thank you for listening and Boiler Up. <laughs> <laughs>